Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome back to Fourth Down Focus. I am Dan Lundy, host of the podcast and founder of Fourth Down University. Before meeting today's guest, I'd like to remind everyone about our partners at Bet Online. They are the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, and events with first to market odds and lines. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. And you'll always find the latest team matchup info, player news, and game trends with live betting options, scores, and free contests for almost every sport. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. And make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. Episode 89 of the podcast welcomes Jace Riley, founder of 6AM Practice, a company focused on simple strategies for student-athletes. I found him, uh, I don't know, probably one or two years ago now on Instagram. It's one of those very impressive Instagram accounts where you're curious how they get all that content and just stay organized. And, you know, I, I love your your habits on success and how it's focused on student athletes. And you provide several things for free, which which really drew my attention. So it is my pleasure to have you on the show. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks, coach. I appreciate it. It's an honor to be here. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know how we found each other. It's It's been a couple of years for sure. But one of the things that I loved about your your account as well was all the free stuff that you give away the details you go into i mean it's some of the stuff when you watch those videos you can tell you're really passionate about what you do and and your students and your athletes and i really appreciate that yeah i mean we're going to talk a lot about social media throughout the show it has it has its moments that i'm going to start with a positive i think that like anything there's good and bad and uh there there's a lot of bad in social media. In fact, it's something that I, I try to monitor these days because uh, one negative post, as you know, could have a negative effect or negative consequences for the rest of an athlete's life. Um, it affects professional athletes. Um, so the behavior on there, it's it's really your your persona. It's funny. I've never met you until recently and, and we, we planned this show. So I didn't know what you looked like, but I knew everything about what 6am wanted to represent because uh, it's a walking billboard, right? It's a free way to 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 get a platform, and we're going to talk about that right now. Your platform is at twenty four thousand people, and um, you know, by Twitter standards, that may not be as much, but if you look at Instagram and you look at the data, that's an impressive following. And I think you've done that in in, in ways like we just mentioned about. You have to give people a free experience to see what it is you're about. It's such a competitive. Um, industry and when i say industry i mean anything we are in the sports industry that's what you and i share um i'm i'm a little more of a niche thing you know i, I i'm under the football blanket of things but i think you found me because uh we have common practices we want to show people we care first through our passion right and i think it's evident in in your product and your content so I'd like you to talk about the inception of 6 a.m. practice. 
um, you know, of this account and, you know, what motivated you to create this account? Well, initially my, I have, so I have three sons, right? They're all boys and um, they've all played sports. And basically I've been a dad coach growing up for some teams and, you know, think typical, you know, stuff like that, soccer, um, basketball. And so I started looking at, you know, because they were in the social media a little bit and I started hearing about, you know, the grind 24 seven, you know, always on it, always on it. And so, you know, that was the message that my kids had. And so when my one, my youngest son started training, the two older boys had, had, were almost graduated and stuff. So they were done with their athletic careers, but my son was training and we were going to, you know, to a gym at six in the morning, right? Nobody was there. You know, we were turning the lights on. If you've never turned the lights on in a gym or turned them off, man, that's like first in last out. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. And um, so we were going early morning, he was practicing and stuff. And I discovered, um, and this was about, let's see, he's 19 now. So this is maybe about five, six years ago. And so I had discovered YouTube. I mean, I was late to the game, but I started watching it and I found all these motivational videos, you know, uh, Ben Lionel Scott and some other guys, Motor University. And that stuff just blew me away. The content, the speeches, like, I mean, I'd listen to that on the way to driving him to the gym and I was ready to run through a brick wall. I mean, it was, it was just good stuff. So we were doing all this practicing. He was, he was getting better and he was in a tournament and he was up against the best player on the other team. Long story short, he makes a buzzer beater at the very end. Um, You know, his team wins the tournament and I go to, to work the next day and I'm talking to this hockey dad. Right. And I'm talking to him and I'd, I'd been telling him how we were going in the gym early morning and stuff like that. And I told him how he made the shot and he goes, well, you know why he made the shot? And I go, why? And he goes, 6 a.m. practice. And I go, that's a brand. Mm-hmm. Hold on. That's a brand. And instantly I had this idea in my head about this commercial, like a Super Bowl commercial. I mean, I went straight from nothing to all the way to the top. And so I just had this inception of, you know, all of a sudden, like all these things are going through my head, like, you know, um, you know, winners are born and, you know, some people have it, some people don't. And I go, well, winners aren't born. They just practice more than everybody else. And boom, there was my tagline. So it was like, it all came together in just one instant. And I realized I could use the platform, um, Instagram to basically, again, I was late to the party, right? I'm a dad. I'm, I wasn't really on the social media and stuff like that. But I realized that I could use this platform to talk to kids about, you know, again, the grind 24-7. Well, what does that mean? Like, what do you do? How am I supposed to grind 24-7? So I came up with the five habits um, and just it just kind of took off from there. And, I, you know, I wasn't I wasn't at, you know, thousands and thousands of followers at first for a long time. I struggled, um, but I just kept putting content out there and I just kept believing what I was saying and. And as the kids were coming back to me and telling me, you know, you, you made a difference, you helped me graduate, all the stuff. I knew that was just is my passion. And it's it, I've never looked back. I, I can't imagine not doing it. I'm going to coach until, you know, until I can't coach no more. I like the inception story. I think it reminds me of this quote that you've heard. I'm sure that what we do in the dark, it will find its way to shine in the light, you know. Uh, and I think that's an important one because 
these kids that that I love when they post the the 6 a.m. workouts or the whatever 11:30 p.m. on a Saturday because they didn't go out and party and do some reckless thing. But I think that kids want the acknowledgement, like it's almost like this instant gratification that's supposed to occur because they're the only ones doing it. Well, I think that the realization is that those go-getters, when they put themselves out there and they think that, man, I'm an outlier, it's actually really turning into a norm. Mm -hmm. They've they've now entered a market where, yeah, these college coaches are going to start considering you because, oh, welcome to the party, you know, so... I think it's important to like promote yourself, right? And 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 your brand is what we're talking about, of course. But um, everyone is their brand now, especially with NIL. And I think that if you're going to promote your brand, realize that it takes a a continual, like persistent, driven, focused, uh, almost repetitive, monotonous. Like have a theme to what it is you're posting. Yeah. If you're if you're a snapper, post it. All snapping related. If you're in the weight room, make it snapping related with mobility snapping related um i think you're doing that so let's talk about habits you know you have five and i think they're really important excuse me i think they're really important components to success period because we talk about things or you should i should say talk about things like sleep food managing your time managing your study you know and the habits around that how to be successful in the classroom and finally like the training you know, like working hard, if you will. I I, I call it working smart. Um, so what habits have you found to be the hardest out of those five mentioned? Um, what are the hardest for the young people to really buy into, if you will? Well, the first, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, training is one of them, right? And there's so because there's a difference between training and working out. You can go to the gym and work out all day long and not accomplish anything. I mean, yeah, you're throwing iron around, you're doing whatever, you're hanging with the guys. But training is specifically doing certain things to get specific results. There's a plan, steps one, two, and three, which you A, B, and C. And so a lot of kids don't realize the difference between training and working out. You know, like you'd said earlier, you know, work, uh, you know, work smarter, not harder. Um, It's just essentially, it's just getting that mindset and then figuring out how do you do it. Right. So that's that's one thing that a lot of kids do. They spend a lot of time working out and they're not training. I think the most important one, I think the most important one that the kids have the hardest time with is time management. And I think actually every adult, every human being has issues with time management. That's why there's thousands of books on it. That's why people will pay speakers to come to your company and talk about it. And so honestly, everybody struggles with it. And so the difference is, is everybody's got 24 hours in their day, but so why are some people successful and some people aren't? I mean, you know, you look at whoever, Tom Brady, LeBron, Curry, doesn't matter, successful people in business, they got the same 24 hours that, you know, you do, I do, the kids do. It's how they manage that time. That is the difference maker. And so you got to have you know, a way to set schedules. And a lot of kids are like, well, that's just, I don't want to set a schedule because then if I, if I get off on it, then they don't want to follow it. And it's, it's very, it's very hard to do. Like I said, a lot of people have, have issues with it. So I prefer some things like the blocking method where some people say my schedules get up at six, eat breakfast at six 15, uh, you know, Bible study at six 45, then I'm going to work out at seven. It's very rigid. 
a lot of kids have problems following that. A lot of adults have problems following that. So I prefer like, okay, between six and eight, eight o'clock, I got to go to school. So between six and eight, I got to do these four things and I can do them in any order that I want. I just need to make sure that they get done. So that way, if you wake up and you feel like eating before you feel like studying or whatever the deal is, you allow yourself some slack in there and yet still accomplish the same things that you need to accomplish. Because if you can't, you can't make time, right? You got to find the time in your day. And a lot of people are like, well, I just don't have the time, coach. I don't, when am I supposed to do this? When am I supposed to do that? If we all want to be honest, look at your phone, look at the time spent on your phone on social media. You'll waste your day one scroll at a time. And I'm just as guilty as everybody else. I'm, I'm going to do a quick check-in on my Instagram, see how it's doing. 40 minutes later, I'm like, oh, and I haven't even done anything. And it's just, it's a time suck. And so you really got to be able to monitor what you're doing, set things in place. Otherwise, you know, a lot of athletes in high school and stuff, you've only got four years and, you know, you think four years is a long time. It's nothing. It's a blink of an eye, man. It's over before you know it. So it's really important that you figure out how you're going to manage your time. If you need help, get some help doing that. Um, you know, I've got a couple of programs that I've used. Um, you know, if you want to hit me up on Instagram, I'll, I'll be gladly share that with you. But time management is really, is really the key because if you have enough time, you can do all the other habits. You can get your studying in, you can get your training in, you can get your entertainment in, you can get your sleeping in, you know, it's all about your 24 seven and what you do with it. I, I really was hoping you were going to talk about time as, as one of the habits that people are deficient in, because I think it was that and, and sleep were the, were my two guesses, because I think that, you know, if we're going to talk about managing time effectively, uh, we've got to be, how do I say this clear, clear of mind, you know, we, we've got to have a meticulous plan. We've got to be able to be adaptable from, you know, because things never work out. We don't get that six fifteen. We're eating our first bite. You know, it's sometimes it's 621 and we've got to adapt. We've got to adjust and say, well, my face wash has to be a minute and not two minutes today. I don't know. I'm just giving weird, weird examples of, like you said, you can't get time back. You've got to account for what is expected and fully expect for your plan to have to go somewhere else. Um, so the sleep to me is is vital. And I think that that's directly what you mentioned with the phone. You know, Tracy Davenport, she's a doctor of sleep. She's been on here twice on this podcast talking about, you know, how do we actively uh, get out of this funk of being a bad sleeper? And I think most people could start with putting their phone far enough away where it's out of reach where they have to get out of the bed. Because as you know, we get tired at night. These athletes are dog tired. I get it. We'll pass out. But the second we roll over on our phone and that light wakes us up, it's almost like this instant dopamine rush where I have to go check and see how my Twitter post did because I haven't seen it since 11 p.m. and now it's 4 a.m. And you know what I'm talking about. I deal with the same demographic that you do. Um, and there goes their their performance. It, it's, it's, it's diminished regardless of what they want um, because we need certain things. Uh, so that was a tangent, but Again, I'm thankful for your content because I think it's directly related to the things I don't have time to address. I think it's kids that are individually determined that are the ones who are successful, that are the ones who are getting the scholarship that, you know, Billy and Timmy want that aren't working as hard or as smart. So um, with all that being said, and with all this competition, because everyone wants this because 
school's hard to pay for these days, even harder than it ever has been. So what role should these parents play in, um, how do I say this, prioritizing these habits and just helping with this process? So sports parents are usually super involved in the game, right? You know, training, getting their kids to camps, making sure they have the right equipment. I mean, it's as a parent, when you have an athlete and you're trying to take them to the next level, whether that's, you know, starting varsity, you know, if they're on JV, the next level is getting to varsity. If it's on varsity, it's getting starting varsity, going to college, whether it's D1, D2, D3, like it doesn't matter, whatever the next level your kid is, they're usually always focused on the game, right? I think that parents need to take a step back a little bit and help the kids focus on their grades, right? Because you can get more money through academic scholarships than you can on just straight athletic full ride. You know, you got to be a, a a prime player to get, you know, where you can have C's and still get, and I don't even know if you can still have C's and still get full rides to colleges and stuff. But I do know that colleges are looking more and more at grades. So as a parent, what can you do to provide your kid that help? So you're willing to send them to a camp, right? For three days or a week or something like that. But are you helping them with a tutor, right? And well, tutors are expensive. I can't afford that. All our money's going to camps, whatever. Khan Academy Online, they have so much free stuff on there to help students get through, you know, this, the classes they struggle with. And if you can help them get those grades up and increase their GPA, so many more scholarship opportunities open up to them, grants, things like that. You don't have to go the student loan route. Um, but I, I think that parents are really missing the boat on helping their kids with their GPAs instead of just focused on the game. Yeah, I like what you said. Uh, I have a lot of parents, obviously, that I deal with. Um, and I have a different relationship with each. And I think when I was a little younger, I had to deal with it a little bit more in terms of like some parents would want to intervene, like on the field, you know, or and the intervention would be nothing that was like undermining my instruction. Instead, it was speaking directly to the kid and taking his his focus away from the instruction. Mm-hmm. Um, they were trying to like motivate so-and-so, you know, and I I get it, but I think there are ways to show love and 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 all these feelings uh at the right time, the right place. And that love could have been shown in the parking lot or right after the instruction was delivered, but not during it, you know? So I think parents, yeah, should take a step back, especially when, when we're talking about the level that that the kids are aspiring to go to, because the parents have zero involvement at the college level with what transpires. Uh, zero. I don't care where we're talking about. They have zero. It is all up to the student athlete to, to win the job. Right. That's it. It's going to be on him or her to do his or her business or they won't. Um, and that's a fact. So I think parents really should take a few steps back in terms of the intervention at, at a practice or a training. And I think, yes, it should be a more of a support role. And where where should the support come from? Well, the acknowledgement that your grades are the most important thing. Um, I think parents sometimes allow kids to put football first, grade second. Um, and I think that's a scary, scary place to be because very few kids can get away with it being like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, in the end, we, we're going to have to eventually change that. And if you don't do that until you get to your college setting, 
you're now in that predicament, right? You're probably not at the school you could have been academically because of your priorities. Um, so grades are the recruiting gate key for student athletes. And I wanted you to share like your perspective uh, in terms of like a university's like expectations academically when they are looking for uh, potential student athletes. So you mentioned it. Schools are very expensive nowadays. I mean, my son's he's a sophomore in college and it's crazy expensive and he's going to a cheap school and it's not even cheap anymore. I mean, it's like, you know, it's nothing to roll out with a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars worth of tuition. If you were lucky enough to be able to pay for it up front or along the way, but it's just, it's super crazy expensive. So I, and this is, this is my opinion. I think that grades are important because when a, a college is looking at a student athlete, good grades show behavior, right? They're more than just grades. It's well, you know, Jimmy got a 82 on a test or a 91 or whatever it is to get those grades at those levels where you have practice and you have college classes and you have all these things. And that shows a level of time management, self-discipline, sacrifice, priority, goal setting, you name it. It's things that you know, colleges are looking for in their athletes to be successful. Cause you can't, if you're still relying on talent because you were, you know, a big fish in a small pond, when you get to that next level, everybody's as good as you are. You're no longer the guy you're one of many, and you're probably not even the guy anymore because at the college level, you know, if you're coming in from high school, you're a freshman, you've got guys who've been working that school and that program for two or three years. So they're going to be so far advanced. You better have the ability to be able to come in, recognize that you're not the best. Look at the coaching methods. How are they doing it? And then adapt into that program and know your role and what it is. And so again, if you're, if you're able to maintain, you know, a 3.8 or a 4.0 while you're playing sports, they know you have the ability to, um, like I said, time management, self-discipline, and, and you're essentially coachable because you've been, if you're playing a sport and you're maintaining that sort of grade level, you've been listening to people, you've been listening to your coaches, you've been listening to your parents, you've been listening to, you know, your teachers and that's what they need. I mean, coaches love coachable players. They're, they're the best to coach bottom line. Yeah. There's a, there's a surplus of athletes, I think in most sports, uh, even kicking, right. Believe it or not, there are, there are a number of excellent field goal specialists, especially right now, uh, kickoffs, not so much. We, we need more of those, but let's use field goals, for example. Uh, so with that, you know, surplus, there's a deficit in, in kids that take advanced placement classes. So that's the, that's, that's oftentimes the catalyst is, is they literally sift through the transcripts academically and then they draw a smaller number together mm-hmm. and start and start looking at the film because they really expect these kickers you know the the data shows that you know the quarterbacks the o line the expectation is where it is they draw these numbers and they're like well i mean the average kid is scoring this why is this kid well below the average at that position group this kind of data is talked about it's just not public right uh, no one hears these discussions, but when I'm trying to evaluate a kid or help a college to do so, if I don't know these two kids in Arizona is like, Hey, what do you think? Um, I have to help them obviously with the football stuff, but the coach 
you know, um, has to make the decision of who's more liable, right. you know, who's a big, who's a bigger liability to us, you know, who has a, maybe a record, you know, this kid's got a, a reckless driving on his record. Well, shoot. If he did that on our campus and killed a kid, right. These are all things to be considered, especially if we're talking about kids that are equal in ability and something. Um, so let's talk about distraction, uh, because all, all of these things, these positive habits, I think we we can get away from quickly, like any other good habit we may have formed. Uh, our society is always on, I don't know, TikTok, I guess, is is the thing now. But, you know, I'm on Twitter a lot for business. Uh, Instagram is your visual people. Facebook is the adults that want to connect family to family. Name it. YouTube. Good Lord. You can get lost very quickly with that algorithm. So, Virtually every second of everyone's day is accounted for with with like really, really toxic things often. And I think these things are what prevent us from all reaching the things we want to do. Uh, so what are your what are your thoughts on that? So social media is like a brick, right? You can you can use it to build a church or you can throw it through a window. It all depends on what are you going to do with it? And you're right. YouTube is you can get lost down that rabbit hole, but you can find something amazing things on YouTube. I mean, if you're looking to learn anything, it's on there. It's on there. And so how do you prevent, how do you prevent social media from becoming a toxic aspect in your life? And that's got to be setting limits on yourself, right? I'm sure you know it. I know it. Everybody listening to it know it. You're just going to pop on real quick, bing, before you know it, it's been a half hour and you, you've seen some good thing, but it's like, you know, all of the social media platforms are built to basically waste your time. It's the game is set up against you, right? It's, it's eyeballs on platform, time on platform, and they're willing to do anything to keep you there. So that's why the scroll rate is so high. If you saw something that you like every single post, it would get boring to you. So it's almost like, you know, slots, you're going to see some, you're gonna, and you keep looking for that post that just gives you that dopamine drip. And if you're not aware of that, and again, there's nothing wrong with being on social media. I mean, you and me, were on social media. That's how we find our people is through social media. But you have to know how the game is played, how it's rigged, and then how do you use that to your advantage versus self-sabotage? You know, I had a quote that I made it up one time, and it was like, I have robbed more people of their dreams and goals than laziness and procrastination combined social media. Right. Cause it is, it'll just, it'll steal your day in a heartbeat. So you've got to set limits for yourself. You've got to make sure that you're looking at positive things on Instagram, that you're posting positive things. You mentioned it earlier, you know, coaches will look at, you know, don't stop posting stupid stuff. And if you think that, well, I got a burner account, they'll never find it. They'll find it. That's what they do. I mean, they're out there looking for, like you said, if you've got two kids and this one's always posting stuff about, you know, this is your kicker example, all of his posts are about kicking and all of this other guy's posts are about, you know, he's at parties or he's out late at night and fast cars or whatever, who are they going to pick? I mean, that's, that's a no brainer, right? So, and once you put it out there, it's almost out there forever. And I don't know, I'm sure we'll never know how many kids have lost opportunities because somebody, a coach or a program has seen something online that they didn't like and the kid really wasn't even aware of it. I mean, he didn't know he lost the opportunity because it never presented itself. So 
it's it's very difficult in the world we live in. I mean, you see, you know, three-year-olds with phones, they're not going to go away. You can't, as a parent, you can't say, well, I'm just going to restrict my kid from using it. They're not going to, that's what their friends are on. It's just the way it is now. So you have to be able to set up those boundaries and limits and say, you know, okay, if I'm going to be on it for three hours a day, I need at least one hour to be positive stuff. And if you can make those make those changes and maybe you have two accounts, not a burner account, but maybe you have account that's just all straight motivation, right? Where it's nothing but motivation. And then you have another account that's your entertainment account that you're looking at for when you want to, you know, de-stress and relax or whatever. That way the algorithm feeds the right stuff that you're wanting to look at at that time. So if I'm looking at my motivational account, I'm getting what I want, right? I'm getting, you know, the good stuff versus the bad stuff. And, uh, you know, TikTok, Instagram, it's all eyes on platform. And the longer they can keep you there, the more money they make. So I love what you said about having like a backup account. I, I do, you know, on most things, most platforms, I have a Dan J. Lundy that is pretty public, but it's nothing to do with fourth down university, right? It's mm-hmm. nothing, nothing to do with football. It's everything to do with, I like to take pictures. I like to spend time with my family. Um, I like, I like humor. You know, if I see something that's funny or just like, I don't know anything for that matter that I like, but I think the point is this is I don't want kids to be, I don't want to stigmatize social media, but what I want to do is make certain that kids, parents alike real can see that there are, there are pitfalls, <laughs> you know, with social media, we can really, really get sucked in and, and, and drawn into the wrong things at the wrong times. And then for a very long time, almost too long. So I just, I love what you said, man, that brick uh, is, is a good way of looking at it. It could be a tool or it could be a weapon. Um, and I think that's the same thing for sure. So thank you uh, again for, for doing this. And before I let you go, I'd like to ask you maybe to share like a, maybe a, I would say two ways people could reach you. Yeah. So there's really only, I mean, I'm basically on Instagram, right? 6am underscore practice. Um, I'm, I'm starting up a YouTube channel. I've got a couple of posts on there. I got a, a side project that I'm working on that I mentioned to you earlier, you know, the athlete's brain. Um, we'll roll that out soon. But yeah, Instagram's the main way. If you DM me, I answer almost everybody. Well, I answer everybody. It just might take a little bit of time to get to you. But if you got specific questions or concerns or ideas on how I can make the account better or something you'd like to see, just hit me up in the DM. I'm just I'm just really about helping helping those who basically the problems that I faced as a parent with student athletes growing up as kids. There's a lot of advice that I wish I would have known earlier in the beginning, like the importance of sleep, right? It's so paramount. Sleep's just something you do when you're tired. No, no. It's just as important to training as lifting weights and getting your protein in. I mean, it's it's so critical. And so there's all these things that, you know, if you don't know, you don't know. And so basically that's my goal is just to, you know, reach out to anybody who needs some help. Again, like I said, through Instagram, you can DM me. Anything I can do to to help your kid get to the next level or help you have a better understanding of what your kid needs and what you can do as a parent. That's what I live for. Stuff just makes my day. You can tell. And I, I thank you for your time. And this is only the second time I think we've ever talked and it's been an absolute pleasure 
meeting you and I look forward to to just watching your growth and uh, just supporting your cause. And if this can lead a few more people your way than I did my job, um, I will include in the podcast notes uh, your handle and this will drop in about five or six days from from today. And that is, I guess, what is today? February what? 7th? Is that right? Yeah, the 7th. February 7th, 2023. So anyway, that's that's wild. I had no idea. It means a lot to everyone at 4th Down Focus that Jace Riley was able to share information that can and will benefit performance both on and off the field. Please give us a five-star rating, a review, subscribe to the show, share it with a friend. If you have questions, suggestions for future topics or guests, or if you have feedback for the podcast, you can contact me in several ways. My website is fourthdownu.com. On social media, uh, use the at fourthdownu. That's four T H D O W N U. And then on Facebook, if you'd like to reach me there, it's just Dan Space Lundy to see some of my my coaching stuff. Thanks again for joining us at Fourth Down Focus, presented by Bet Online. We'll see you next time with an exciting new guest. And remember, in all things, give thanks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.